are. It's about time because we're going there. Okay, friends, I have an honest question, and this is where we're going to start off. What comes to mind when you think about prayer? Welcome to the podcast. We're going there. I'm your host, Bianca Wattis-Oltoff, and I've got a doozy for you today. Today, we're going to talk about prayer, and I think it is the most underutilized resource that followers of Jesus utilize, tap into, or possess. So when I ask about prayer, what do you think of? Does it make you feel like something for only holy people, but just not for you? or like a mystical experience that you could never hope to achieve in real life, or maybe it's just a boring duty with very little payoff. Today, I get to sit down with friend, author, pastor of Zoe Church, and podcast host of Leadership Lean-In, Chad Veach. What I love is Pastor Chad demystifies the concept of prayer by explaining prayer in practical terms. Like, what does prayer look like on a day-to-day basis? As it turns out, Prayer is not hard. This passionate and personal approach to prayer removes the pressure to, you know, quote unquote, pray right and replaces it with the calm assurance that God wants to hear from us and respond to us in love. Along with building a case for the importance of prayer, Chad in this interview uses stories and compelling insights from the Bible to give practical advice on how to make your prayers more effective. He highlights where we can and should pray and offers tangible strategies to implement a praying lifestyle within the busyness of our everyday life. Here's the truth. I love that Chad makes prayer feel very, very simple. I also want to talk about the power of prayer. I push him on this, and I'm going to interrupt the podcast midway just to testify and put a little praise on it. Because every once in a while, when you talk about prayer and it feels like something that you don't want to do or it feels boring, sometimes we need that reminder. Prayer actually works. And prayer isn't necessarily to change a situation. Prayer might be the thing that actually changes you. Stick around to the end, and I'm going to give five lucky winners a copy of Pastor Chad's newest book, Worried About Everything Because I Pray About Nothing. I hope you enjoy the interview. Pastor Chad Veach, thank you for being on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I'm going to pull a clip and post on social media just so that people could see your smile. But for everyone that's listening and has never seen you, I feel like they need to go, just go to your Instagram page, your social media profile, because you are the pastor with the biggest smile. So you've got the love of Jesus coming out of you. I appreciate it. You know, none of it is sincere. None of it is real. (laughs) It's all for show. And another thing that people are going to find out real quick is that like you are insanely hilarious. Um, one of the biggest jokesters, and we're gonna have a fun conversation about a serious topic, and that is prayer. And I'm so excited. And I think I think you know that's just the goal, right? Is what you know. Let's do a little Mary Poppins right here. Just a spoonful of sugar will help the medicine go down. I always felt like growing up in church, like when the angry preacher, preachers would come by, I'm like, man, you know what a smile could do to this message. <laughs> Well, good. Everyone who is listening, they're going to be able to hear you smiling as we talk about this because <laughs> it just exudes. It's, it comes out of you. It oozes out of you. So um, listen, you are a man who, I mean, uh, uh, first appearances, you're hilarious. You are a dad. You're a pastor. You're a baller. Uh, you really have a pulse on culture. You care passionately about leadership. But one of the things that has been really interesting to me is your passion for prayer. And prayer just feels like one of those topics that someone's going to listen to me like, oh my gosh, are we really going to talk about prayer right now? Yes, we absolutely are because there's power in prayer. I've seen how prayer changes my life. But before we dive into kind of like, I want to give people really practical handles. So before we go there about like how to pray, when to pray, why to pray, 
where did your passion for prayer begin? And maybe someone is going to hear that and resonate like, oh, I feel the same way. And this is going to give them hope that they can develop a powerful prayer life like you. Well, yeah, you're very kind, and I, I don't take those words lightly. It means it means a lot, especially coming from someone like you. And you know, Julie and I, we adore you guys. And I just want to start by saying that thank you. Those are very kind, uh, encouraging words. I think for me with prayer, like it started for me really like when I really learned how to pray and started praying was when I was 16. I really like got serious about my faith. So long story short, I had this idea that you know I really wanted God to move in my high school. So I was like, first day of school, I grabbed my buddy and I'm like, hey, every day at lunch, let's eat for 15 minutes and then let's go pray for the last 15 minutes. We had 30 minutes. He's like, I'm in. So first day of school, two of us go into a classroom. We pray. Next day, we grab another buddy. End of the week, there's like three or four of us. It just goes from like four to 10 to 15 to 30. Pretty soon, we outgrow a classroom. We got to go to a choir room. 50 kids, 60 kids. We got to now go to the gym. And like, I'm a high schooler. I don't even really know what to say, but I'm like, who needs prayer? What do you need prayer about? Someone's like, I got a test next period. Let's pray. You know, like (laughs) I just started learning how to pray. And I'm telling you, I think there's nine pastors in full-time ministry out of that season today. People started getting delivered from like anorexia to like alcoholism right there during a public school couple thousand kids in my, you know, my school started getting saved and delivered. And it was just, it was revival with kids that really didn't know what they were saying or doing. We just knew that God hears the intention of our prayer and we were connecting with God and that was moving in our high school. And so that's where my love and belief in prayer started from was like, okay, I didn't even know what I was really saying. I just knew I, from a sincere place, we needed God and I was reaching out to God and I was praying to God on behalf of my friends, and I watched God move. So I started getting convinced, oh, prayer works. Yeah. Okay, so for somebody out there that maybe they are new to the faith or maybe even seasoned in the faith or they're listening and they have no faith, this idea and concept of prayer might feel foreign. How would you best articulate what is prayer? In its simplest form, what is prayer? I think in its simplest form, it really is just talking to Jesus. And I love this whole idea that Jesus Jesus goes, listen, guys, I do not call you servants. I call you friends. Like, you're my friend. And so I think sometimes we think we got to have a British accent or a Southern accent or we got to know the right words or recite the right scripted prayer or something. I think he's just talking to God. I think the point of prayer is connecting to God and connecting to God changes everything. So the point of prayer is not even to get results. It's not even to get answers. It's not even to get what I want. The point of prayer is connecting. And that's what's so great. Tomorrow, Julie and I celebrate 14 years of marriage. <gasps> Happy early anniversary. So, yes. Do you remember <laughs> the 21st night of September? So my wife and I, it's like, if you look through our text history, I've never texted my wife like, hey, how's it going? You know, like, what have you been up to? And the reason why is because we're like, we're just always connected. And I think that's what God wants with us. He wants a relationship with us that's like, hey, I'm just talking to him. And sometimes talking to someone can be like short and brief. And sometimes it's like hours and hours. So I think, you know, just finding out that prayer is not a transaction and prayer is not, you know, arduous. Prayer is so relational. And um, 
I think that 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 you know really just changes everything when we look at it through that lens. Okay, so for someone out there, they're listening, and it still feels like okay. I get it. That sounds amazing, but when do I do it and how do I do it? Like, don't worry. And some seasoned saint out there is going to be real irritated because we're like, are we starting here? Yes, we're starting here because if the foundation's wrong, everything else will collapse. So I want to start right. for, okay, so what does prayer look like? Uh, when when it, when it do we begin and when is a good time to pray? I, yeah, I love this question because I think prayer is so simple. Like, if you don't know how to pray, I, I this is like a cheat code for me. Put in your phone three alarms a day, like a 9, 12, and 6 p.m. And when that alarm goes off, just say the name of Jesus three times a day. Just start there. Just You can say his name, Jesus. And just bring in that God awareness. Just say in his name and remind yourself that he loves you. That's a powerful prayer. About, by the way, I have so much PTSD over long-winded prayer people. <laughs> like That's why like last night at the dinner table with my kids, they know how we pray around our table. I lifted my glass and I said to the king and all my boys raised their glass. That, that's as long as the prayer gets at our house. I don't need those long winded prayers. The longer your prayer doesn't equal the more effective your prayers. Mm. Like, so just, you know, like, or some of us are so good at texting. Like I, Bianca, I feel like you are so on, we, we got a group text, you know, with me, you and, and Matt and Julian's like, you know, I feel like you, you got the gift of text. Some of us are so good at texting. You should start a contact name it God or Jesus, and just start texting God. Like, it doesn't matter whether it's on a, a moleskin or a text or a prayer walk or fill in the blank. It's about connecting with God. And when should we do it? Well, I just gave you an example of 9, 12, 6. But the point of that example is we should just be kind of staying connected all the time. Mm. So sometimes I just be in the car and just, God, I love you so much. just want to tell you, I love you, God. Or like, I'll think about, you know, I want to do something to say, Lord, if you want me to do that, just totally, you know, you know, the desires of my heart. I just want to let you know, I would really love to go to Disneyland without my kids. Wait, what? <laughs> um, but, you know, I just think like you, it's when and how is so important too. It's like, I, I love this. I, I, I just, I can't get over this story. Out of everything they could have asked Jesus to teach them, the only thing they asked him to teach them was how to pray. Yeah. Like I just, cause again, I'm not a, a salmonier, but an option could have been teach us how to take water and turn it into Cabernet, <laughs> but they didn't. They marveled at his prayer life and they go, show us how to do that. And Jesus did not say every time you pray, you must say these exact words mm. because if you miss one, it will nullify the whole thing. I think Jesus was going, this is how, this is good language. When you pray, you should acknowledge that this is a relationship first. He's my father. I think you should just, it's good to surrender and go, this is about your will, not my will. Mm. This is just a good language thing. I think you should cover the fact that you need forgiveness. It will help you forgive other people. Yeah. I think you should acknowledge you're not the one making this happen. Today, you need God's strength, God's joy, God's peace, God's wisdom, God's favor, God's love today. today. Tomorrow, you're going to need it again, but today you need it because he's your provider. I think it's good language. You got to recognize you're a knucklehead 
and you can get caught up in temptation. And so let's just call the kettle black. Lead me not into the temptation yeah. of McDonald's McFlurries, but deliver <laughs> me from the evil one. I I just love that he's like, like I, again, I got I got three boys. We are eight, six, four. We're about to turn over the odds, nine, seven, five. But when I take my guys bowling, I get those bumper guardrails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they feel like heroes and they they roll the ball, just kind of bounces back and forth so it doesn't go in the gutter. I think how do we pray? We kind of just stay. This is a good working model for us to start. But he did not say, that's all you should pray. It, that's just like the beginning. Mm. And I think a lot of times... People get so bored in prayer because most of us just pray for ourselves. Yeah. How boring is that? Yeah. If you want to have fun in prayer, start praying for your family. Start praying for your friends. Like one of the one of the things that I love to do, I love to create flashcards. So I'll write down my name and write down around my name everything I'm praying for. And then I'll write down my wife's name, Julia, circle her name or write down everything I'm praying for, Julia. And then my kids in my church and I got all these flashcards. So when I come to prayer, I just look at the flashcards and I go, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. That's what I'm praying for. And so I think there's so many cheat codes on how to pray. Okay, so we're talking about the power of prayer, how to pray. I wanna know, what have you prayed for that you were even surprised by? I love those moments where like God just gives us those surprise moments. So uh, do you remember a time that you were praying for something that maybe felt impossible or you prayed, didn't even think that God was going to answer in the way that he did and you were just taken back by the goodness of God? Well, there's a lot of things that just came to my mind when you asked that. You know, the first one is, you know, uh, thank God the Seahawks did win a Super Bowl. The second <laughs> one is I never thought I never thought I'd get married. I was 28 years old and my dad's like, are you okay? Like, when are you going to get married? And so thank God I did get married. Another one is just, you know, starting our church. I just can't believe that what God's done. I can't believe, you know, there's so much, you know, of, of answered prayer that's been a shock. My my kids, our, our life, we talked about it off uh, before we press record, but getting a building, we just bought a building. Okay, friends, I'm interrupting the podcast interview because I feel like I want to put a little praise on it. I feel like I want to share a very, very, very recent situation where I saw the power of God and the power of prayer at display and on hand in the most beautiful way. A friend of mine uh, was going to court and not just for like one court case, but not for two court cases or three or five, but eight, eight court cases. And I told her that I was going to stand with her and that we were going to pray. And in my heart, I knew that justice would prevail. And I didn't have all the details to the court cases or the lawsuits, but I knew this person and I knew that their integrity was going to be their rear guard. So I was praying in faith that cases would, you know, be minimized or removed or something. Now, here's when we talk about how prayer not only changes a situation, but prayer actually changes you. In my mind, I created a best case scenario. B-C-S. I create those all the time. Like, okay, God, here's the best case scenario. So imagine my shock my awe, my delight, and my surprise when my friend texted me from court to say, you won't believe this, the judge is ruling in our favor. I wasn't too surprised when I heard that, but what did surprise me was what came after. I received a phone call from my friend who was in tears. Not only was justice served, justice was served eight times over. 
not only was her side allowed to be heard, not only was the other party moted, commoted, big butt exploded right there in front of the jury, the courthouse, and the judge, but the judge actually interrupted the court case to reprimand the person that put these files and claims on the docket, period. So, so hold on. Let's just make this really plain for like the simple folk that don't watch Law & Order all the time. The person who sued literally was stopped in the middle of the, case, the court hearing to be reprimanded by the judge. The judge was so infuriated that the judge threw out that lawsuit and the other seven instantaneously. Not only that, all of their legal costs are going to be covered because that person has recompense to pay. Listen, when the Lord says vengeance is mine, trust him. Justice shall be your rear guard and your integrity is going to be the thing that's going to carry you through. So here I am praying for my best case scenario and the Lord done did it eight times over. Even better than I could have even imagined. Let me tell you something, friend. That prayer just didn't change their situation. That prayer changed my faith. I really need to start believing God for more. Let's pop back into the interview with Pastor Chad. You know, it's so funny. Growing up, we pull up in the Westfield Mall and mom would be like, Jesus, we need a parking spot, Jesus. And, and then we get a parking spot. She's like, thank you, God. And I'm like, that's just a coincidence, lady. Like, that's not an answer to prayer. I like her belief, though. She was, I think, convinced that it was God. I just like living my life from the premise that God is listening yeah. and he's active. I think when you pray, nothing determines our approach to God like our view of God. And we have to view God as benevolent and faithful and kind and mm -hmm. gracious, slow to anger, rich in love. When I do that, I start to go, like, let me say it this way. D.L. Moody once said, when I stopped praying, coincidences stopped happening. Ooh. And that is just the reality. I, I'm shocked by all of it. I'm just kind of always like, wow. I would, wait, the other day I, I was talking to these people about a guy that we we are is a mutual friend that we're trying to get to church. And Sunday night, I'm talking about him. We got to reach him. I'm concerned. The next day in a park, 40 minutes from my house, the guy walks up. No. And I go, you crazy. <laughs> you know, I just think like it's just living. That's why I like the 9, 12, and 6. It's bringing God awareness. Yeah. You know, God is always trying to move in us and move through us. I think we're just not aware a lot of times. Prayer just keeps me kind of connected and in tune. What do you want to do today? What do you want to say today? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to help? How can I encourage? How can I add value? How can I serve you? What do you, Lord, I just, this is the day that you've made. I'm going to rejoice today. I'm going to be glad in it. God, thank you for my opportunities. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my family. And my, I just think just all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> we, so many of us, we have such a defeated mindset because we don't count our blessings one by one in prayer. Yeah. So somebody out there, I'm always just mindful of like, as we have this conversation about prayer, is we're talking about the power of prayer, prayers about relationship, but what if somebody out there is listening and they, they, they've thought, I have prayed, I did pray, and God didn't answer my prayer. So would you say that there's any ineffectual prayers or prayers that we shouldn't be praying, or is there a wrong way to pray? 
Well, yes, I want to answer that second part in just a second, but I want to get to the first part when we get frustrated that God doesn't answer our prayers. Because I, I, I talked to a lot of people like, I tried to pray, but God didn't answer my prayers, so I stopped. Yeah. I think we have to adjust our view of answered prayer. I think God always answers our prayers. He just doesn't answer them in the way that we wanted or expected. Mm -hmm. So again, I come to God and I pray. So let's use a practical example. I have an almost 11-year-old daughter who has a rare brain condition. She has never walked or talked or crawled or, you know, she's never done anything. She's never said a word to me in almost 11 years of existence. She's never said one word. She gets all of her feeding through a tube. Now, someone could look at that and say, aren't you mad that God never healed your daughter? He never answered your prayer. Well, hold on. Because God has answered my prayer a thousand times. He's given me peace. Mm. And, and the peace that surpasses all understanding. In the natural, I should be angry and bitter and upset. In the supernatural, which is the God life that we now live, I'm at peace. And here's another thing that happens in prayer. When I pray, I got a new perspective about it. Another thing that happens in prayer is I got the right premise. I'm not striving and reaching and trying to earn and give me the parking spot. I'm, I'm coming from the place that I'm loved and I'm forgiven and I'm accepted and I'm approved by God. I can keep on going down the line. God gives you the power to go through the circumstance. I have experienced that for 11 years. So I think God does answer our prayers. He just doesn't always answer them in the way that we want him to. Yeah. This book is really written out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, what does it say? Be anxious in nothing or for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So God has given us the ability to withstand stress and anxiety, you know, but, but, but we can only handle so much. Prayer is what allows me to go through circumstance without anxiety overwhelming yeah. me, being stressed out of my mind being on edge. No, I can go through hell on earth and still have a smile on my face and still have peace on my pillow. So I think that we need to first recognize God does answer my prayers. The second part of your question, though, I, I, I really love because I think there are some prayers we shouldn't be praying. Like it, I always think, pray until God gives you a no, but once God gives you a no, stop asking. Because <laughs> sometimes God's like, think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go. No, I do not, sir. And God's like, no, you're going to go. Three times, Paul's like, you got to take this away from me. I've got this thing in my side. I'm, I'm not well. The Lord's like, no, I'm not taking it away. Mm. My grace is sufficient. Mm. So I always say, pray until you get a no. Once you get a no, you got to accept that no from God. <laughs> the other part I love about prayer is that, like, I, this is so practical. Like, if you're a bad husband, do not waste your time praying until you go reconcile with your wife. Ooh, ooh, you this need to say that Bible. again so that some wife can just make a, a video snippet and send this to their husband. Yes. The Bible says that if you are a husband that is out of line and you just, let me translate it to you in LA terms, you whackalicious. Get right, repent, and then come pray. Yeah. So I think we got to recognize sometimes that like, if you're praying stuff that's out of God's will, you're wasting your time. If you're praying stuff that God already said no to, 
you're wasting your time. If if you're not treating your spouse the way that you're supposed to be, if, if you've got unforgiveness, go reconcile and then come back to worship. So I think we got to live according to the Bible to get Bible results working in our life. You have this quote in your book. You say, if prayer isn't changing you, you're not doing it right. I love that. Okay, so you've, you've you walked us through kind of like pointless prayers or if God already answered you, stop talking about it. But when you say if prayer isn't changing you, what do you mean? Like how should prayer change me when I communicate with God? Well, I think that, you know, we have this misconception that prayer is going to change the mountain. Prayer is going to move my mountain. You're the mountain. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you any other way. Like, it's like the common denominator in all of my problems is me. Mm. And I think, what does prayer do? Prayer is not me coming and saying, God, you got to change them and that and my bank statement. And imagine if God did all the stuff you want him to do, but didn't ch touch you. Mm. The real thing that needs to be changed is, is us. We got to mature. We got to, we got to get peace. We got to get perspective. We got to get the premise, right? We got to get into his presence. You cannot come into the presence of God and leave the same. So I, I like that line, prayer changes things, mainly me. And when I leave prayer, my bank account's the same. I still go to the home to the same house with the same kids and the same wife. I got the same staff, same church, live in the same city and the same nation. What's changed? Why do I have peace about it now? And joy mm. and wisdom and strength because prayer changes things, mainly me. And I love that part about prayer is that it gives me the power to endure and the power to believe and the power to believe that I can be a part of the solution. Like I just think sometimes we want to send God like a, 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 a genie in a bottle that's just going to solve all these things and then we're going to remain the same. No, the point of prayer and the point of the presence of God is that we are changed from grace to grace, from glory to glory. Yeah. So... If prayer is this thing that is going to provide not just the dwelling with the presence of God, the power of God, communicating with God, being in relationship with God, as we kind of wrap up, what are some of the obstacles that you're seeing that people or excuses that people will give as to why they don't pray? Well, I think we got to recognize a few things right away. Number one, I don't have a friend in the world that enjoys doing what they're bad at. So I don't, I don't do any sport that I'm not good at. I only play the sports I'm really good at. I don't, I do not set up Ikea furniture because I'm not good at setting up Ikea furniture. So if you're not good at prayer, you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great. Mm -hmm. And so you got to start somewhere. You got to start just, you know, nine, 12, six, whatever it is for you, phone contact, prayer journal, uh, having people guide you. I love guided prayers. Pastor Judah Smith has beautiful guided prayers. You got to start somewhere. And I think that the other part about this is that we got to understand is shame. Mm. Shame is such a bully. And so shame says to us, you're not doing it right. You're not saying the right thing. You no, you're not from the right family. Hey, whoa, whoa, hold on. You were doing this last night and <laughs> that's funny. And now you want to pray. You know, shame just gets, that's why the Bible says, beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And so you got to ask yourself,
do you have condemnation now from the Holy Spirit or conviction? Condemnation is from the enemy and drives you away from God. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit and points you to God. So shame has just totally overwhelmed us and uh, lied to us and said, you're not good enough. You don't know what you're doing. You know what you're saying. So there's, there's these obstacles. I don't know how to do it. I don't think that I'm good enough and I'm not from the right family and I'm not saying the right words. And I think that we've got to be really good at identifying, oh, that's right. The reason why I sometimes don't pray is because I think I'm not. No, I got that's a lie. That is a that is that's the accuser of the brethren trying to make me feel guilty in court. I'm I've already been forgiven in court. Jesus took my place. And when God sees me, he can't even see me. My life is hidden in Christ. So I am now the righteousness of God, which means I can come with confidence and boldness before the throne of grace. I think we've got to just identify the obstacles like that and go like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to learn it. No, I'm fine. I'm righteous. I can come with confidence and get over those, those, those obstacles. Listen, we're talking about prayer. We're talking about getting to the presence of God. We're talking about how prayer not only does, you know, is to change other people or to other things, but prayer changes us. Will you do me a favor as we wrap up this conversation? Will you will you model it for us? Will you pray over? I don't think we've ever ended an episode Let's with go. prayer. So, I mean, you're going to be the first on the podcast. I want for people to receive just a blessing and have you pray over us. So thank you. Thank you for breaking down prayer, something that feels really heady and far away to be something that is so practical and tangible and that we could practice and employ every single day. So will you pray over us, Pastor Jed? Absolutely. Can I just say one thing about this before we pray? Yeah. Is the greatest way to teach your kids how to pray is to pray with them. Yeah. Model prayer. Mm. So if you want your kids to pray, all my boys pray. They say all my stuff. They don't say it maybe in the right order, <laughs> but they have all my language because I'm modeling it for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, any parent that's listening Pray over your kids, allow them to pray with you and keep modeling that because they're catching that language yeah. and that 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 heart for God. So let, let's pray. God, we just we bless every person that is listening to this podcast right now. We thank you, God, that you are in control and you are sovereign today. Thank you, God, for divine appointments. Thank you that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Show them your path. Show them your will. Thank you, God, that your presence would overwhelm them. It's your kindness. It's your goodness that leads us to repentance. I pray that you'd shower them right now with your faithfulness and your mercy. God, allow us to see you. Thank you that your word said that we will taste and see that the Lord is good. God, help us to understand your character. Let us get a glimpse of your nature and we pray like you taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. We decrease today so that you can let, you, let that increase of your will be done in our life. And God, we just declare right now that anything that's coming against every listener, any attack of the enemy, any weapon that's been thrown against them, we thank you, God, that right now that they are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that they are by the power of God that they are the head and not the tail today. God, when the enemy comes in like a flood, raise up a standard against them. And we just thank you, God, that there's going to be great praise, great 
freedom, God, just a jubilee, a joy that will resound out of every heart that's listening to this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, friends, as promised, I love to give away books. Honestly, I have this thing at church where I give away books all the time, and I have this phrase, leaders are readers. And so because I love reading and putting resources into people's hands, I'm including not one, not two, not three, not four, but five books that we are giving away of Chad Beach's book, Worried About Everything Because I Prayed About Nothing. So if you appreciated the content that Pastor Chad shared, would you consider sharing it on social media, tagging at Chad Beach and at Bianca Oltoff, five lucky winners are going to get this book. And listen, um, I, I don't plug things that I don't read. I loved this book. I made it part of my personal devotions uh, every day. I read like mm, five to 10 minutes of it every day. I finished the book in a week and a half. It's so simple. It's so easy. It's so practical. And as a woman who loves to pray, this book was so easy. I hope that you enjoy it. So we'll catch you online. Wherever you subscribe to your podcast, would you consider subscribing, leaving a positive review, whether on Access More or wherever you download your podcast? In addition to that, friends, hey, share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. It helps us get into more ears and more ears, more listeners, more listeners, more friends. Can't wait to chat with you next week.